Welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is the college ministry of Buckhead Church in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, you can check out thelivingroomatl.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this talk. Tonight, we are in part three, the final part of a series that we've been in called Over It, a series about stress, worry, and anxiety. And if you missed either of the first two parts of the series, I would encourage you to go back and catch up on our podcast. Um, but I wanna uh, throw this out that we didn't title the series Over It, because our hope was like at the end of the series that you would just be able to get over it, just move on from your stress, worry, or anxiety. No, that's not why we titled this series Over It. The reason we titled this series Over It is because what we know to be true for many of you, maybe all of you in the room, is that when it comes to stress, worry, or anxiety in your life, many of you would say, I'm over it. Like I'm over the negative stigma that comes with talking about it. I'm over feeling like I'm the only one that deals or struggles with these things. I'm over what it seems like stress, worry, and anxiety is constantly robbing me of in my life. I am over it. And really our goal was that we just wanted to open up a door for conversation in this series. Like we think this is way too big, way too important of a topic to just be silent about it. Yes, it's kind of an intimidating topic to talk about. Yes, as I've been preparing for these talks, even tonight I've kind of been like, oh my goodness, do I have anything really helpful to say? I don't know, I think I do, but it's, it's just kind of nerve wracking. But we really felt like we, it would be a miss if we did not take the time and give a few weeks to talking about this. And I wanna make a helpful disclaimer that we've made in the first two parts of this series, and I wanna make it tonight as well. We really do believe in a holistic approach to dealing, to fighting, to battling through your stress, worry, and anxiety in your life. And what that means is, is that we believe for many of you, fighting through your stress, worry, and anxiety is gonna require counseling and or medication at least for a season in your life. That could be God's plan for healing in this area of your life. But throughout this series, including tonight, we're focusing in more so on the spiritual side of healing. So we're not elevating that above the other two, but that's our focus throughout this series is that we're focusing in on the spiritual side. But our church, Buckhead Church, wants to partner with you and help you figure out what your best next step might be for you to take when it comes to this area of your life. So if you feel like, hey, that could be counseling therapy, that could be medication, or if you just wanna have further conversations on this, reach out to our team. We would love to put you in touch with our care network here at Buckhead Church to help you take your best Next step. But tonight we're in part three, the final part, and I'm excited to uh, finish this conversation. Although I hope this doesn't necessarily wrap up this conversation, I hope that this series, this collection of talks, just really leads to further conversation in the months to come. Um, but tonight we are in the final part, and uh, I was thinking back as I was kind of preparing for this talk, and I thought back to a few months ago. And a few months ago, uh, I was driving home from somewhere, I can't remember where I was coming home from, but somewhere and it was kind of late, it was like 9.30 at night, which I realize is not late for a college student, but it's late for me being old. And uh, so I'm driving home and, I, and when you get like older in life, maybe this even happens to you, I don't know, like sometimes you just forget to eat dinner, you know, or like you just, I'm like, and so I was driving home and I'm like, man, why do I feel like kind of hungry? And I'm like, oh, cause I haven't eaten dinner. And so it was like 9.30 at night, I was by myself in the car and it was like a weeknight, like a Tuesday night. And so I knew that a lot of things weren't open and I didn't have a lot of options and I wanted to get home, I was tired, so I didn't wanna like drive way out of my way to go somewhere. And so uh, I just went to like the Jersey Mike's that's right down the street from my house. Any Jersey Mike's fans in here? 
Okay, cool, that's awesome. That's, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about tonight. But I went to Jersey Mike's and I pulled in and I knew they were closing at 10 o'clock. So like, I, I hate being that guy, but I walked in at like 9.40 and I was like, man, I'm just gonna give it a shot. And so I walked, some of you are shaking your head, don't judge me. Uh, so I walked in though and I'm like, all right, let's see how this goes. And there's one guy in there one guy, and he was clearly shutting down for the night, like he had mopped the floors, the chairs were up, everything was clean, like I'm pretty sure the meat was put away, the music was literally turned, like you could barely hear it. I'm like, bro, just turn it off, like, you know, it's not like volume one. And so I walk in and I'm like, hey man, I'm so sorry, like you're about to close, I'll leave. And he was like, no, 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 man, we're still open, we're open till 10 p.m., please come in. And I'm like, oh, chill, like, all right. And so... I walk in and he's like, what would you like, man? Like, what sub would you like? And I'm like, can I get the number seven? He's like, yo, you wanna make that Mike's way? And I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but no, I don't. Like, I, 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 I don't want it Mike's way. I just, I want it Matt's way, you know? Um, so I start going through it and I'm telling him what I want on my sandwich, but I'm really trying not, like, not to be picky. I'm like, hey, I'll just do like turkey and cheese and, and that's cool. Like, you know, you don't need to pull out all the other stuff, you know? And so he's like, okay, so he starts making my sandwich and y'all, this is awkward. Like it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation, you know, and, and it's really quiet in there. And like, I'm like, you know, wondering is like someone else gonna like pop up behind the trash can, you know, like it just felt kind of weird. And uh, he kind of just looks up after, at me as he's making my sandwich and he goes, how are you? And you know, when someone asks you like, how are you? But usually it's like, hey, how are you? And you're like, good, man. And you're like, cool. But you know when they ask you how are you, but it's like, it's not just like a, a gesture, it's like a question. This was a question and I realized that if I just said good, that would make the situation even more awkward because then we'd just be standing in silence as he like puts the tomatoes and pickles on my sandwich, you know? And so I was like, okay, I kinda gotta give him more than just good. So I'm like, you know, I'm doing pretty good, man. Like, you know, it's been a good day and I kinda walked him through my day and what I had been doing. And then I was like, all right, I can't be a jerk. Like, I have to ask him how he's doing. So I was like, how are you, you know? And he's like, I'm okay. So then I'm in that moment of like, okay, I don't know you, I'm tired, I'm hungry. I could just be like, cool, you know, and like check out, but I'm not gonna do that. And so I'm like, just okay? And he's like, yeah, man, just okay. And I was like, well, like, tell me more, man. Like, what's, what's going on? And he's like, well, I don't wanna go into too much detail, but like life's just been really hard recently. And I don't know, I've just been pretty stressed and worried and I've been working a ton. I haven't had a day off in like over a month. And um, I'm like, haven't had a day off, like not one day off. He's like, no, I work seven days a week and I have multiple multiple jobs and I actually won't have another day off for like two more months. And, um, and I'm hearing all this literally. And I'm like, this is, this, this is wild, you know? And so I'm like, wow, like you're gonna work seven days straight, like 50, 60 hour weeks for, for three plus months, that's, that's wild. And uh, we're, I'm checking out and I'm like giving him my card and we talked for a couple more minutes. And I was like, hey man, if you don't mind me asking, like what's kind of getting you through this? Like, like what, what are you holding on to for hope? Or like, what are you looking forward to? Like, what are you excited about? And he was like, you know, man, really the reason, like I don't have to work every day like this necessarily. I mean, I have to work a lot to pay the bills, but really the reason I'm doing this is because on my 30th birthday, I'm taking a trip, a month long trip to Vegas and it's gonna be crazy. And he starts telling me about it. I'm like, yo, I gotta go, you know, like I'm a pastor. <laughs> and uh, so he starts telling me this and I'm like, that's cool. That's cool, man. You know, that's awesome. I'm sure I'll be seeing you again soon. And so I got in my car and I'm driving home 
and I start thinking about the conversation we just had and going through all these different emotions, like, man, I'm feeling for him. I can't remember his name. I think it's Chris, but I can't really remember. I'm like, gosh, like, Lord, just I pray for Chris and that you give him like energy and I don't know exactly what he's going through, but would you just help him? But then I'm just gonna be honest with you. I kinda start to judge him a little bit. I start feeling like, Chris, what are you thinking, man? Like, you're struggling. It sounds like maybe part of that struggle is like linked to financial struggles, and you're gonna go and spend all this money. You just told me your plan to basically gamble away all this money for a month in vacation. Who goes on a month-long vacation, Chris? This is crazy. And then you know what I realized? Like, right there in that moment, it hit me. Matt, you're not that far away from, from him. Like think about when you go through tough seasons in life. Think about when you're stressed, when you're worried, when you're anxious. Think about when life starts to sting and when life starts to hurt for you, when things aren't working out the way that you thought they would. Think about when you're really, really exhausted. What do you turn to? And I started to list off things right there in that moment. Like I'll turn to, to fun and entertainment. Like I'll try to just kind of distract myself by, by, by doing a lot of things and watching sports and hanging out with friends. I'll just try to fill up my calendar and stay really, really busy with things that are going on. And be like, man, maybe that's what will get me, keep me going. I'll just sometimes be like, I just need to achieve more, have more success. And if I can just kind of accomplish more at work or accomplish more in life and get like a few more high fives and like people being like, man, that's great. And people giving me shout outs and that, that, that'll be it. Or you know what sometimes I do, if I'm just being completely honest, I'll compare myself to other people, especially people that I feel like are maybe not doing quite as good as me. Like people who I know are like going through tougher times. And I'll just be like, well, I'm doing like better than, than them, you know? Like, and it'll make me feel better about myself. Like all of those things and more are what I'm prone to turn to when life begins to hurt. To sum it all up, I would just say this, Sometimes, this is the way I view it, if I can just elevate something above my hurt, then I don't have to address what's really going on. If I can just elevate something above my hurt, above my stress, my worry, and my anxiety, whatever it is that I'm feeling, whatever emotions I'm dealing with, if I can elevate something above that, then I don't really have to think about, I don't really have to talk about, I don't really have to ever address what's actually going on in my life. And here's the reason that I'm being honest with you guys tonight and sharing this, is because I have a really strong suspicion that I'm not the only one who could say this to be true. My guess is that all of you, some of you might be way better people person than I am, but my guess is that all of you at some point in your life are at least vulnerable to thinking this way. That when life begins to hurt, if you can just elevate something above it, then you don't really have to address what's really going on. And I wonder what that is for you. The question I wanna ask you tonight is what are you tempted to elevate when life hurts most? What are you tempted to elevate when life hurts 
most. And I know what some of you might be thinking right now. Some of you might be thinking, all right, Matt, I see where you're going with this. Like, this was a really good setup, man. Like, well done. I know what you're about to say. Why don't you just go ahead and say it right now? Like, you're gonna tell me, hey, what you need to do is you just need to elevate Jesus above all these other worldly things and then everything will work itself out. And if that's what you would say to me, I would probably be like, hey, I'm not gonna debate that. That is a really good theology. But you know what? I'm not just gonna jump there right away. Because my feeling is, is that many of you would say, I've tried that. I've been at a point where life was really, really wearing me down, where life was hurting really, really bad. And in that moment, I turned and I put my faith and trust in Jesus. And do you know what happened? Things kind of began to fall apart. Like maybe some of you, this would be your story. I thought that when I placed my faith in Jesus, everything would fall into place, but things actually began to fall apart. And listen, I don't know if someone told you this, like gave you this false promise that when you place your faith and trust in Jesus, that everything just works itself out, that everything magically somehow just falls right into place and that you never walk through tough times or struggles or that you're no longer gonna experience any stress, worry, or anxiety in your life because Jesus is with you. But that's not true and that's not a promise that Jesus ever gives to us. He doesn't say that, hey, when you place your faith in me, that everything's going to fall into place. And in fact, when you place your faith in Jesus, not because of you placing your faith in Jesus, but just because of life, things may fall apart. Things may get worse. The stress, worry, and anxiety that you're feeling may even increase. I do think over time, it'll get better. And for sure, Jesus, I think where we're gonna land has an answer for us. But I'm just telling you, that Jesus placing your faith in him doesn't automatically mean that it's gonna solve everything. And some of you know this to be true. But tonight, I wanna look at a promise that Jesus does give to us. And it is a promise that I think gives us so much clarity around the question of where do we turn when life hurts most? Where do we turn when we're really, really stressed, worried, and anxious, when we are just feeling weighed down by all of it? Where do we turn? And it's a promise that Jesus gives to us in the Gospel of John, in John chapter 16, verse 33. In fact, Paul mentioned it in the worship. I don't even know if he knew that I was talking about this tonight. But it's a promise that Jesus gives to us just before he's on his way to be crucified, to be killed on a cross. And look at what Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 33, the beginning of the verse. He says, I have told you these things, speaking to his disciples, to his closest followers. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. So Jesus says, hey, in me, you can have peace. And I'm sure his followers were like, that's, that's, that's great, Jesus. Like, like, what are you trying to say? And Jesus is trying to say, what I'm telling you is, no matter what you're going through, there is a peace that's available, but it's only found in me. It's found by putting your faith and trust, by having a personal relationship with, with me. In me, you can have this peace, and this is really, really good news. To which you may be thinking, to which his followers might have been thinking, why is this good news? Well, he goes on. Check out what he says next. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. That's the first promise that Jesus gives to us. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. 
He doesn't say, you may have trouble, you're probably gonna have trouble, some people are gonna have trouble, if you make bad decisions, you're gonna have trouble. He says, no, 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 in this world, if you're living in this world, all of us are living in this world, then hey, let me just let you in on this, let me just give you a promise that you can hold on to, you're going to have trouble. And I don't really have to spend much more time on that point because you know this to be true, because you've experienced this in your life. Like you've walked through seasons where trouble has come and where life has started to hurt. Maybe for you, you've experienced hurt in your family. Maybe even recently your family has started to kind of fall apart and it hurts. Maybe you've experienced hurt with your friends. Maybe in in relationships, maybe a, a really close, intimate relationship for you just ended and it's kind of shaken everything in your world. Maybe it's been with a health report. Maybe you even just had someone close to you that has passed away and you've experienced great hurt because of that. Maybe it's been disappointment. Maybe it's been hurtful words that someone has spoken over you that you cannot seem to let go of, even words that maybe were spoken a long, long time ago. Maybe it's just the consequences of sin that has caused you to feel hurt. The consequences of your own sin or the consequences of the sin of other people. And as a result of that, you have felt hurt. You know this to be true that in this world, yeah, you're going to have trouble. And for some of us, that's where it stops and that's where we draw our worldview from. And we just walk around constantly feeling like this. Maybe you know people like this, that when you ask them how they're doing, they're just always kind of like a little bit negative, you know? Like they're like, oh, Things just aren't great, like everything's falling apart, we're just gonna have trouble, you know? Like, yeah, Jesus says it, you know, and we're gonna have trouble in this world, and that's just how it is, you know? And maybe that's kinda how you feel, and you wake up in the morning, and you're like, oh, what's gonna happen today? You know, I'm gonna have trouble. Flip on the news, you're like, there it is. Wow, great, it's gonna be an awesome day. But can I just tell you, I think there's a reason that Jesus started out what he was saying here by saying, in this world, you will have trouble. Because that's not the end of the promise. And if you stop it right there, then your worldview, your perspective is gonna be a little bit jaded. It's not gonna be as clear as it should be. And you're gonna have a really, really time when life hurts, a really hard time when life hurts. Because you're just gonna think this is the way it is. There's, there's, There's no hope, what do I do? But look at what Jesus says next, check this out. He says, but take heart, take courage, take hope. Why? Because I have overcome the world. That's the next promise that Jesus gives to us. He says, hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but there's good news. Take heart, hold on to hope, because I have overcome the world. And I don't think this phrase, take heart, was just meant to be a cute little bumper sticker. Like, I don't think Jesus intended for this just to be like, hey, honk twice if you're taking heart. Like, I don't think that was it. I think what Jesus was saying is, look, in this world, you're going to go through trouble. And I'm not just talking about like, oh, you're gonna trip and fall and skin your knee. Like, yeah, that's the trouble you might go through when you're, really, like, when you're like a toddler. But as you grow up, you're gonna go through some serious trouble and life is gonna really, really start to sting. It's going to hurt. But I think what Jesus is saying is take heart. Hold on to hope because I've overcome the world. I've overcome And what I think, the way this could apply to us tonight when it comes specifically to stress, worry, and anxiety in our life, which can cause a whole lot of hurt for you, is that the truth is the presence of stress, worry, and anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison is optional. 
See, because in this world you will have trouble, the presence at times of stress, worry, and anxiety is going to be unavoidable. Like sometimes in your life, you're just going to be, like your stress is going to hit you. Like finals roll around and some could even argue, hey, you probably should feel a little, like an appropriate level of stress or maybe worry. If you have no worry, then I don't know, maybe you've just really studied really hard or, or maybe you should have a little bit of worry. Like the presence at times of stress, worry, and anxiety is unavoidable, but can I just tell you this? The prison of anxiety, of stress, and of worry is optional. And for some of us right here, like this is hard to take in, this is hard to believe. Like, wait, 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 but Matt, what if I can't get over it? Like, I know you say the prison is optional. I know Jesus has overcome. I know he's inviting me to a relationship with him and he's saying, take heart. But, 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 but what if I can't seem to get over it? Well, here's the good news tonight. If there's nothing else you hear me say tonight, I want you to hear me say this. Even if we are never over it, we can find hope in the one who has overcome. Even if you're never over it, you can find hope in the one who has overcome and hope is a really, really powerful thing. Hope in Jesus is the type of hope that can help you forgive somebody. It's the type of hope that can bring healing to deep wounds that you've been carrying for a really, really long time. Hope in Jesus can restore purpose in your life. It can provide unexplainable peace when you're walking through really, really challenging circumstances. Hope in Jesus can inspire confidence in you again. It can revive your heart. It can instill a clear vision for your future. Hope in Jesus can bring light for the rest of the days of your life. Hope is a really powerful thing. I led a group of high school boys a few years ago and I had a guy in my group who, his name was Austin, and he came into my group, I think he was a sophomore in high school, and Austin had a really, um, a tough story. And uh, really, he, he didn't have a lot of hope in his life, and he had gone through a lot. Uh, uh, most of his family was in, was in jail, and he came uh, to our youth group and kind of just showed up. I don't even really know how he got there, and he kind of started telling me his story. And, uh, and, and someone was like, hey, Matt, will you kind of just take him under your wing and just kind of you know, be there for him? And I was like, sure. And so they're like, well, what, do I, what does that look like? That's what I asked. And they're like, well, can you just like pick him up every week, drive him home every week? And I was like, yeah, great. So he starts sharing me his story, like, on the drives every week, and I really didn't know what to say to him. So all I just kept saying with him was, hey, Austin, there's hope. There's hope. And after about a year of literally just telling him that, he eventually came to me one day, and he brought to me this right here. And he said, Matt, I know I told you that the plan for my life was probably like to follow the plan that my family had been on, the track they had been on of like making bad decisions and maybe ending up in jail one day. But this year at school, I, I, I really have been pretty passionate about welding and I welded this for you and put your name on it and I just wanted you to have it and say thank you for, for pouring into me over this past year. And I was like, man, that's, that's incredible. So the next year rolls by and kind of the same thing happens and I noticed a little shift in them but still kind of having similar conversations. Then the next year rolls by, same thing. This is now a senior year. We're at the final like summer camp. This is like the last event that we had for our youth group. And uh, he's getting ready to graduate and head on. And it's the last day of camp. And he comes out to me, walks out to me on the beach. I'll never forget this moment. And he sits down next to me and he says, Matt, you know, I never really had a father figure in my life. And for the last couple of years, you've kind of been that for me. And I just wanted to say thank you. And he comes out to me and I'm not kidding you. He brings to me this big, thick piece of metal that he 
he welded my name on again. And he said, listen, I know a couple years ago I gave you a smaller one. This year I kind of took it a step up. I'm like, hey, next year, like, I don't know if I can carry that, Austin. Um, that's gonna be a really, really heavy piece, but thank you. And he was like, I just wanted to give this to you to tell you that now the hope for my future, like I wanna be a welder. I haven't talked to Austin in a couple of years. I looked today on his Facebook and he's, he's working for a welding company. And what's so cool about that story is that that's not like, oh, look at that, so cool. Like he switched his career path and you know, instead of going down one way, like he became a welder. Yeah, that's awesome. That's something worth celebrating. But that's a story of someone coming alive to the hope that Jesus offers. Like he was a kid who was so stressed, who was so worried, who was so anxious. He was a kid who, if I would have asked him this question when I first met him, hey, where do you turn when life hurts most? I don't know what he would have said. But a couple of years later, I know what he would have said. I turned to Jesus. He's the hope, he's really the only hope. And the hope of Jesus is not just a light at the end of the tunnel, it's a light that guides you through it. Some of you need to know this tonight, the hope of Jesus, it's not just a light like at the end of the tunnel, no, it's a light that can guide you through it in the midst of whatever you're walking through. Yes, you're gonna walk through some tough, tough things. Yes, life is gonna hurt, that's unavoidable. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. Jesus has overcome the world and he invites you into a relationship with him. And when you step into a relationship with him, you know what is true of you? You now have the power to begin to overcome some things in your life. Check this out, 1 John chapter 4, verse four. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Speaking, there are things that you can overcome in this world, why? Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You know that when you put your faith in Jesus, that it says his spirit is now living inside of you. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave is living inside of you. And that spirit, that power is greater than the power that is in the world. So that's not meaning that everything's gonna be perfect. That's not meaning that when you put your faith in Jesus, all your stress, all your worry, all your anxiety just evaporates away. But that is meaning that when you put your faith in Jesus, when you turn to him when life hurts most, and when you reach up and say, Jesus, I'm putting my hope in you, that you now have a power that's in you that's greater than the power that's in the world, and you can begin to overcome fear. You can begin to overcome worry. You can begin to overcome stress, to overcome some anxiety in your life. I, um, many of you know, I'm, I became a dad 13 months ago. We adopted our daughter and she's 13 months old now. And so we, we go to the park oftentimes. It's like our new spot, right? And uh, so we're at this park uh, just a couple days ago and uh, Willow is in this spot right now where she just loves being on a swing. And um, so I'll just push her on the swing for like so long, like my shoulder right now is low key kind of sore because I pushed her for like 45 minutes. And I'm just pushing her and it's, 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 it's really fun for her and it's cute for a minute because she laughs, but then after a while she stops laughing and she just sits there. And so I'm kind of bored. And uh, so I just look around at like what all the other parents are doing and try to like take tips, you know, pick up on advice and stuff. And so a couple days ago, I'm doing this and there's this uh, dad who I felt like in the moment was, from my vantage point, was not being the, the best dad because there was a kid, his son, I think, who was on the monkey bars, but they're not like the monkey bars, they're like the, the ninja warrior gladiator bars because like you hold on to them and then you just swing and you're like, oh, 
you know, like literally, I, I don't even know how to explain them. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you're like, bro, I have no clue. I don't know, you need to go to playgrounds more, I guess. And so I'm seeing this happen and this kid is just swinging and he's like kind of old enough to be doing it on his own, but also kind of not, you know? And uh, eventually he gets to a point and he's like, I'm stuck. <laughs> Dad! And his dad's like, oh, my bad, my bad, I got you, I got you, I got you. And I think his dad was like trying to let him like stretch himself and you know, fail and whatever and all that stuff, it was cool. Um, but then from that moment forward, what I saw over the next few minutes was that his dad was like, hey, you can do this. Hey, listen, you're gonna go on your own, you're gonna hold on as tight as you can and you're just gonna keep reaching up and if you start to fall, I'm gonna be here for you. If you start to fall, I'll catch you. If you start to fall, I'll pick you back up. And as I saw this, I thought to myself, man, I know like the last two weeks, if you've been here, if you've listened to the first two parts of this series, we've kind of ended each night by, by giving like an illustration of reaching up and surrendering. And yeah, that's not like the, 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 the end all be all when it comes to stress, worry, and anxiety. But I do think that's a huge step. I do think if you could have the posture of just saying, Jesus, you're good. Jesus, I need you. That you could begin to feel a power inside of you that can bring peace, that can bring hope. I do think this is the posture that you need to turn to when life hurts most. And as I saw this happening on the playground, I just thought to myself, man, I wonder what would happen if a group of a few hundred college students said, you know what? When life hurts most, even when we don't know like where to turn or what to do, we're just gonna look up and we're just gonna hold on to hope and say, man, even if I'm never over it, I can find hope in the one who has overcome. Even if I'm never over it, Jesus knew that this side of heaven, on this earth, in this life, that you were gonna go through hard times, that life at times was really, really going to hurt. But he said, hey, take heart. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Hold on to hope. And the hope that we have to hold on to is the hope that Jesus has resurrected from the grave, that he's alive. And the resurrection of Jesus brings light into our current situations. And it's a light that can give you enough glimmer of light to decide that life is still worth living. Let me say that again. For someone in the room, Right now, you don't know if life is worth living. You're having thoughts, you're having doubts. Statistics would show that to be true and it breaks my heart. And I just wanna tell you tonight, the hope of Jesus brings light into your situation. And that light may just be a glimmer of light that makes you say, you know what? Life is worth living. It's worth waking up tomorrow because I have hope. So here's my challenge to you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you came in here with, but hold on, hold on to hope. And I'm telling you, if you fall, when you fall, Jesus will be there. He'll walk with you. It was so cool seeing this dad like walk underneath his son and be like, hey, if you fall, buddy, I got you. And I just pictured, man, our heavenly father, like that's what he does. He walks with us. And he says, man, you, you might fall in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart, take heart. I'm here. 
And so I thought tonight as we close here, just in the final minute or so that we have together, a couple minutes, I just asked Paul, and we don't even have to, we don't even have to clear the stage necessarily, he can just stand back there. But I just asked Paul, what if tonight we ended this series by just singing those lyrics out just a couple more times? Father, your heart is good. It always will be. Good so good to me. And maybe for some of you, here's my challenge I'm putting on the table. Maybe for some of you, maybe for the first time ever, this would be the moment where in just a moment when I have you stand, you just raise your hands and say, Jesus, I don't even know if I believe this, but I'm gonna fight for what I maybe don't even feel. And I'm gonna say, Jesus, Father, your heart is good. Your heart is good and the proof of that is that you died on the cross for my sins and because of that, I have hope. In spite of what I'm going through, I have hope. So right now in this moment, would you just stand up? Paul, I'm just gonna step to the side. If you would, just you can step up next to me, Paul, and would you just lead us with that chorus just a couple times? And I'm just gonna invite you in this moment. You don't even have to raise your hands all the way up if you're not comfortable doing that, but maybe in this moment in your heart or maybe just hands to your side, you would just say, Jesus, I'm holding on to hope tonight. I'm holding on to hope. Cause Father, your heart is good And it always will be always for me Good, so good to me And Father, your heart is good And it always will be always for me Good, so good to me And Father, your I hope that this series has been helpful. 
I hope that it's been hopeful. And I really, really hope that it's opened up the door for conversation that you realize you're not alone. Like we're all in this fight together. We're with you, we're for you. Don't ever think that you're alone. This family is with you, this family is for you. God is with you, he's for you. And man, I just feel like if you would just say, Jesus, I'm holding on to hope, that you would be amazed that he would start to bring peace and bring hope and restore things in you again. And so man, we love you guys. Uh, for those of you that are heading to groups, I hope you have amazing discussions tonight. If you're heading to shuttles, head that way. Next week, November 11th, night of worship and baptisms here at the living room. It's gonna be an incredible night. We love you guys. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next Monday.